I am Nathan Chang. I have the privilege and honor of being the first one sent out by Blue Valley to plant an autonomous church. In, uh, we're targeting Leewood in the state line area. And at first, I was just, I know Johnson County because I grew up in Olathe. In fact, my parents still live on 127 and Black Bob around that area. and went to Olathe East and went to KU. Like, I know Johnson County. And, and so, uh, as I was networking in the area, I then just realized Kansas City, Missouri is literally just right across the street. Like, what's that all about? So I went over there, whole different world, whole different world. And so I thought, wouldn't it be an amazing vision if you could have a church right on state line, a church do something that society desperately wants but is miserably failing, namely bridging all these different classes and races and states. And I found out Missouri just doesn't do anything in Kansas. Kansas doesn't do anything in Missouri. And it's just fascinating. And so that's the vision right now. And um, we've been working hard. And our, uh, our goal is to launch in April 2021. And uh, we'll have our first... Uh, weekly launch team meeting in October at the Antioch on, on, on Sunday evenings. And so we're really excited about getting that started. And uh, so there's, there's that. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, um, open it up to 3 John. This will be the last sermon on the, the Epistle of John series. And um, we're going to be talking about what it means to be a healthy member of the church um, let me say this, some of the very best people I've ever known in my life, people who have shown me love and grace and kindness, um, more than I've ever deserved have come from the church. Some of the very worst people I've ever known in my life, people who have been cruel and judgmental and just, just animosity, um, have come from the church. And that shouldn't be surprising because the church is filled with imperfect people, even people who don't really have a relationship with Jesus. But man, there are, there are people in the church who are amazing templates of what it means to follow Jesus. And so we're going to be talking about healthy membership and toxic membership. When you think about toxic, I'm thinking about poison. You know, if I put Drano in your soup, I say, here, you'll be like, ah, no, thank you, right? Um, but when you think about healthy, just anything that just nourishes your body. And so we're thinking about for the sake of the church and then for the sake of the mission to advance the kingdom of God, we need healthy members to unite and to come together and advance God, God's kingdom for his glory. So here's the trick. We need to identify toxic and healthy members, but... I was also preaching on 2 John a few weeks ago, and John also exhorts us to watch yourself. So it's easy to be like, ah, you're the problem. What about you, though? We have blind spots. So we need to invite the Holy Spirit this morning and say, Spirit, where am I today in this word that you have this for me today? And, and so as we look at this, the specifics of 3 John is lost to us. We don't know. We're jumping into the middle of a conversation, 
and we're just kind of piecing it together. On, on it, 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 Scholars have made valiant efforts to try to contextualize this, but it's impossible to reconstruct. But I think we have enough here. This is still the word of God um, for the Lord to speak to us today. And so um, if you could stand with me for the honor of reading God's word, this is the word of the Lord. Verse 9. <clears throat> I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want, want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, every one of them. You may be seated. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. So we have a bad dude named Diotrephes and a good one named Demetrius. And they're only mentioned here in the Bible. We don't see them anywhere else. So we don't have much to go on on who they were, except that Diotrephes was toxic. Demetrius was a healthy member. But I think that's more than enough to think through this morning. So let's, let's focus on both of them, on one of them at a time, and think through, uh, as we reflect on our own life, what does it mean to be a toxic member and what does it mean to be a healthy? Let's start with diatrophies. We learn that toxic members are known by their relationships. That's how you spot them. And before we dive into what Diotrephes did, um, it might be helpful to understand how the church organized itself so we can understand what was going on with him. Um, In the first century, they didn't have buildings like this. They met at homes, right? And there there were um, local churches at people's homes in different cities, and and there was a network of them. And each church had a plural of elders, Um, that would lead each local church. And each of these churches also had a central elders, group of elders, that would make decisions over these churches. So sort of a Presbyterian model. Um, We're not familiar with this as Baptists. It's like, really? A central? No, 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 that sounds Catholic. No, it's just, it's what it was in the first century, okay? And that's what John is doing, um, talking about. John is a part, not him by himself, He was a part of a group of centralized leaders. You see this clearly in Acts 15. Remember when they were discussing, what do we do with circumcision? Do we, what do we do? We need to think about this. And so James, the brother of Jesus, and John and Peter, all the pillars, they got together and discussed, and then they made a decision for Jerusalem and for faraway Antioch and other churches. So you see that model here. So that's, that's the setup here. I'm a church history guy. Um, I did my doctorate in historical theology. One of the biggest reasons for corruption of the church over time was uh, moving away from a plurality of leaders to a more charismatic leader in place. And as more and more and more, that leader was 
really just gaining more and more power. It used to be there were seven bishops that were all, you know, kind of in equal footing. Then it came down to two, you know, one in Rome, one in Constantinople. Then they split up. You got the Orthodox Church, you got the Roman Catholic Church, and now you got a pope, and now you got the, the patriarch, whatever he's called in, in the Orthodox Church. And so, and then you just see just a big mess by the 1100s and all that stuff. That's more details than you probably need to know for this. But, 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 we got a problem with diatrophies here because the main issue that John talks about in verse 9 is he likes to put himself first. That's the bottom line. That's the issue here. Now, in the, the values of the kingdom of God, what does Jesus say about first? The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Okay, Diotrephes was, was not conforming to what God has put in place. He was still valuing what the world was all about. But Jesus, even the Son of God, said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. Leaders in the church are called to serve. They are to put themselves at the foot of the church. And, and, and that's, that's the view. Everything is turned upside down. Those who are lowly are raised up. Those who exalt themselves, they got to be put in their place. Okay? Because only Jesus Christ is to be glorified, and then we are glorified with him. So, so that's what the issue was, and, and, and what made him toxic was Diotrephes like to put himself first, okay? Now, my kids, they put this verse, you know, the first shall be last, last shall be first, out of context. They like to race each other. They're ages from 12 to 3. I have five kids, and, you know, from the parking lot, they're racing to the van, and then the last kid is always saying, oh, the last shall be first, I'm like, no, 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 I think you took that out of, that's not right. That's not what we're talking about here, okay? Now, but, but, but we, what we see that Diotrephes is following the patterns of this world by exalting himself as first, and that there is where the toxicity has come from. So we see this in three different ways here, according to John. First is he was toxic in relationship to authority, God has given the church authority to, to shepherd the church, to guard the truth, to teach, and to, and to, to, to really lead the church, okay? And, and, and John, what, what scholars think was going on here, we can only speculate. John had written something to the church led by Diotrephes. And, and let me back up. Diotrephes was probably an elder at the church, a local church. Um, or, uh, or part of a group. We don't know. But he was most likely a leader uh, with, with a lot of say in this local church. Um, they were speculating, scholars were speculating, that um, John had probably written something that Diotrephes refused to read. Or they did read it, and Diotrephes was kind of just spreading rumors, pitting them against John. And so we got an issue here. We have a divided church here. And so what, what John was saying here is, notice this, he's not needing a rebuke for not adhering to sound doctrine. That's not the issue. The issue is he's not submitting to what John said, our authority. Do you catch that? John didn't say my authority. He said our authority. So this isn't John versus Diotrephes. This is the sanctioned, approved, um, God-appointed um, group of elders over the churches 
and, 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 and Diotrephes was refusing to be accountable to that. And, and so tox, that's the thing there. Toxic members refuse accountability. If you don't like to be corrected, maybe that's something you need to, to watch out for in your heart. Um, beware of anyone that aspires to leadership um, and, and, and power and, and refuses to lead with others. Okay. Beware of any members who whisper against godly leadership and undermines authority. Because the issue is the mission. And, and when you have these little quabbles about um, things going on, it just distracts what the church is called to do. If you think about it, there is no other institution on earth that God has called to advance the kingdom of God. None. Not government, not university, not counseling groups, not, not, uh, not charity groups, nothing. Only the church is called to guard the gospel of the kingdom of God and to advance it. And so that's what we got to do. And this distracts from that. And so, so, so Diotrephes had a, 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 an issue with relationship to authority. Number two, he also had a tox, he was toxic in relationship to truth. John says in verse 10 that he's going to visit the church and rebuke Diotrephes for the wicked nonsense he talked against them. Um, we don't know what that is. Again, we're just jumping into a conversation. But, but most likely Diotrephes was making unsubstantiated accusations against them. Um, we don't know what that nonsense is. But he needs to be rebuked because he desired to be a supreme Leader, He had sown seeds of doubt about legitimate godly leaders. And what's the result? Toxicity. Where is the, where is the talk about the mission, about advancing the kingdom? That's not there. It's about diatrophies. And that's a church divided. So number three, we also got a toxic in relationship to others. John tells Gaius, who this letter is written to, that... Um, that Diotrephes refuses to welcome the brothers. Now, what that means is, um, is that there were missionaries that were sent out by the centralized leaders, and in order for them to be successful, they, they relied on the generosity of the churches around. And, and they did not want to take support from the people that they were preaching to, um, to to they were, who they were bringing the gospel to, they they wanted that they wanted that burden off them. They wanted um, the church to be involved, to come together, to resource their pools. Diotrephes refused to be a part of that. Who knows why? But probably for selfish reasons. And it got so bad, Diotrephes threatened to kick out anyone in the church if they didn't go if they didn't adhere to his command. Okay, he says, you, you shall not house any missionaries. You won't give any money to any missionaries. It was about him. And so you got a toxic leader there. And, and so what, we, what the result of this is division in the church, suspicions, because I'm sure there were people that were following along Diotrephes' leadership, and, and, and it was them against them. And so the mission was lost. And so there's bad relationships with authority, with truth, and with others. And I got to ask, 
How do guys like Diotrephes even get in position where he was? Now, it's like any leadership positions. It could be that he had a lot of charisma. It could be that he was a bully and he intimidated people. We've seen um, just in the news just uh, prominent pastors losing their positions because of that reason. They, they were bullying or they were, um, they were just too domineering. Um, but, but, but I think one of the big issues here, and I think John speaks to this, is there weren't members speaking up. We, we have to have the courage to speak into each other's lives. That's love. And when you don't speak up, you're complicit in that toxicity. It's not saying, hey, you know, you messed up and you're just going in. No, you do it in a spirit of gentleness. You want to do the Matthew 18 principle, you know, get another witness and, and approach that brother or sister. And you just love on that person, but really also love on the church for the sake of the church. There is unity at stake here. If you just read through Paul, you just see unity, unity, unity. Okay? And so John is an example to us. And he says, no, when I get there, I'm going to speak to him. I'm going to rebuke him. And how in the English translation, it's actually a lot nicer than what he really said. He's like, I'm going to tell him to his face. Like, I'm, I'm going to tell him what he did. Like, it, it, it's much more forceful in the tone of John's voice. And it's not because he's angry for his own position. He's not power hungry. If you just read through John, you know he's not power hungry. He's like the apostle of love. No, John, for the sake of the church, this man must be addressed. So we need the courage to emulate what John has done and speaking into each other's lives. Because, let me hear, hear me say this, gossip and potsters will flourish in the local church only to the degree we allow it to. Okay? So, the thing is with toxic members, they're easy to spot by their relationships. Here's another cool thing. Healthy members are easy to spot as well. So let's, let's turn our attention there. Healthy members are known through their relationships. Verse 12 contains John commanding a man named Demetrius. I don't know why there's not any more kids named Demetrius. It sounds like Demetrius is a really good guy. And he's likely the bearer of this letter to Gaius. And he's probably a missionary, one of the leaders or missionaries that Diotrephes is rejecting. And, and, and so he's, John is lifting up Demetrius. Now, notice this. Demetrius has received. There's that, the first shall be last, last shall be first principle. Diotrephes put himself in first, right? So, so D Demetrius is just doing, is putting his nose to the ground, doing the work of Christ, serving. And when the church is doing it, the church is recognizing that. John the apostle is recognizing that. And they said, we must honor this man. And, they, and he is exalted. He's lifted up for his humility, for his service. He has received. He hasn't taken. It's not about power. It's about Jesus. Where Diotrephes put himself first. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And so what has Demetrius received? One, we can see from Demetrius, healthy members have been tested. 
Okay? And with that, they've, re- we, they've received good testimony from everyone. That's what is said about Demetrius. And what John implies by this is, in Demetrius' testimony is it, it has been observed over a long period of time. Demetrius has history. Healthy members stick around through the thick and thin. And they have a whole laundry list where people are just like, wow. And so when you say that person, like Demetrius, everybody's going to say good things. You want that about you. And you can't do that if you're just going to just jump around churches or if you're not engaged at all. What is implied here is Demetrius was relational. People knew him. And therefore, when you ask about Demetrius, people will say, oh, yeah, man, he did this. He's amazing. He reminds me of Jesus. So so that's what we have. He's been tested. He has history. Another thing is, um, number two, healthy members have consistency with truth. Demetrius had a long-standing demonstration of a life that was consistent with the truth that he professed, right? Now, here's the thing about John and truth. Truth isn't up here, right? I, I did my doctoral work in Chicago, and I know all sorts of brilliant people who know doctrine and theology, and we have the most amazing, robust theological discussions. But I also know their lives, and it's not impressive, okay? (laughs) It's not about how smart you are. It's not about what you know. If you know but don't live, you don't know truth, according to John. If your life is consistent with the truth that you confess, you know the truth. You really believe the truth. If you don't do it, you don't really believe. You just know. You're just kind of puffing up your mind. Okay? So, so Demetrius was consistent with truth. I love what John did here with truth. He personifies truth. If truth had a voice, he'd say, Demetrius is my guy. I love that guy. So wouldn't it be an interesting exercise to just ask ourselves, what would truth Say about me, the all-knowing truth, who knows all your thoughts, all that you've said, and all that you've done. What would truth say about you? And here's the cool thing is, you don't have to hypothesize truth as a person. It's not some vague doctrine. Truth is embodied in Jesus Christ, where Jesus said, I am the truth the way, and the life, okay? So really the question is, what does Jesus say about you? And I I, I, want to speak into that a little bit. If you are hearing Jesus is saying, you are a loser, I know what you've done. I know what you said. I've known what you thought. You are an evil, evil person. I will have nothing to do with you. That ain't Jesus. Okay? That's a lie. Oh, sure, you struggle with sin. That's not the issue here. Now, Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. And, and I guarantee you, if I put all your, all your thoughts, all that you've said, and all that you've done onto this screen right here, I guarantee you would not be in this room right now. You would run out the door, and you would never come back to Blue Valley Ridgeview again. 
right? But Jesus knows all that. And nevertheless, by faith, he has entered into the deepest, darkest recesses of your hearts. And he said, you are mine. That's what truth says. And that's where transformation comes from. It's not about, well, this is the, this is the set of, 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 of a body of belief that I believe in. This is my moral code, and I must abide by that. That is not the truth. Jesus is the truth. And it's abiding in Christ. He is divine. You are the branches. And that's where transformation comes from. And every day, you are conforming to the image of Christ, even if it's in baby steps. So what is truth saying about you? Truth loves Demetrius. And because of Christ, Demetrius is a healthy Members, do you, do you hear what I'm saying here? Now, number three, healthy members have affirmation by church leaders. John tells Gaius that Demetrius has been affirmed by the church leaders themselves. Okay, the church leaders love Demetrius. They're like, we agree with the body of Christ and we agree with truth. Demetrius is our guy. Now, you should. What does do the church leaders even know you? <laughs> and if they do know you. Do they love you? Are you life-giving? Church leaders should say about you, man, this is my guy. This is my gal. I love this person. This person is such a gift to the church. Can that be said about you? What is the Spirit saying in your heart? Demetrius. Oh, the church leaders, they love him. Diotrephes may reject him. But John, the person who knew Jesus, who put his head on the breast of Jesus Christ, who has seen him on the cross, who's seen the resurrection, the empty tomb, who has witnessed Christ ascend to sit at the right hand of the Father, this apostle said, Demetrius is my guy. What does church leaders say about you? I just want to brag on Jeff Allen. I don't know you very well. I just seen him at the elders meeting and the, the elders were meeting afterwards. He came and interviewed a little bit, and then the elders loved him. I heard nothing but good things about Jeff. He's my hero, and I don't even know him. They said good things about you too, Lauren. So, so, <laughs> and, and so that's the thing. Um, what do church leaders say about you? And it should be, they should just be just filled with joy because of you. And, and, and look at John. John's an example of, of healthy membership too. Look at verses 13 to 15 with me um, at the very end. He, he said this, I had much to write to you, but I'd rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon. We will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, every one of them. And in some translation, greet them by name, which is very convicting for me because I am so terrible with names. Oh. And so when I saw by names, I was like, really? Shoot. Okay. But, 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 but that implies, all that implies is, is the relational aspect. John loves the church. The church isn't a stepping stone to something greater. The church is something he is focused on. The church is something he wants to build up. He wants to see them flourish. And, and, and so, so we, we, he says, this, this isn't enough, pen and ink. 
If you think about pen and ink as technology, it's not enough. I got to see you face to face. I got I to gotta hug you. I got I to see you. I got to hear you. I got to talk to you. We have this amazing technology in, the, in this pandemic where um, we can connect with one another through Zoom and, and whatnot. But it's not enough, is it? It's just not the same. And, 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 and please hear me. We need to be careful. And I'm not saying let's be irresponsible. Um, and I know, gosh, there's so many different voices. And, and, and so, but it can never be a permanent solution. There's just something about presence that we need, that God has created us for, to be known by name, by deeds, where people just really grow to each other, where people speak into each other, people encourage each other, people lift each other up, people serve one another. And that's where flourishing comes from. And so that's why John said, I have more to say, but I got to see you in person. I got to see you in person. That's a whole sermon in itself, so we just got to leave it at that. But the point is, healthy membership have good relationships. So we have two patterns before us. We have a toxic one that rebels and misleads and divides, and then we have a pattern that's healthy, that, that, that loves, that looks like Jesus, that's tested, that's consistent and connected. And so with these patterns, John exhorts us in verse 11 in this, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. And it's so good to have heroes. It's so good to have heroes. It's so good to look at someone and say, I want to be like you when I grow up. To have that tangible, this is what love looks like. Uh, this is what unselfishness looks like, right? This is self-sacrifice. And, 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 and what's, what's amazing is um, John doesn't mince words here. It's not just that toxic people are just mean and, and healthy members are, are nice and kind. It's one is evil and one is good. Wow. Now, why is Diotrephes called evil? Those are, that's a strong word. That's a strong statement. And again, John's looking for restoration, okay? So he's going to talk to him. He wants to rebuke him. And then he wants to eventually end in a hug, okay? So it's not about that. But why in this moment is he called evil? Because Diotrephes is impeding the mission of God. The kingdom must advance. And the church is called to do it. And more than that, Diotrephes is usurping the kingdom of God by making his own little kingdom. That's evil. God, you're not king. I'm king. That's essentially what he's saying in his actions. Where Demetrius, on the other hand, is good because Jesus lives in him who is good. Demetrius is a vehicle for Jesus to live out in this world. That's a healthy member. That's a life-giving member. 
Because you can't give what you don't have. And when you have Jesus, you have more to give than you know what to do with. And that's why John boldly, with no varnish, says that Demetrius is from God. He's genuinely a child of God. And Diotrephes, in spite of his standing of the church, is not. So let's close with this challenge to examine our effect of the, on the church. Who are you to Blue Valley Ridgeview? Does the church rejoice over you because of your presence, because of your service, because of just your love? Do we lead rebellion, spread rumors, divide the congregation, gather a following? Or do we shine the life of Christ, whomever we meet? And I think the answer will say a great deal about the health of your spiritual life. It's about Jesus. So please don't hear me say, well, i got to do better. No, you don't. You just need Jesus. And think about, for the sake of the kingdom, where do I stand in this church? Am I a healthy member? Am I a toxic member? Where do I need to grow? What is the Spirit saying to you? Will you listen to him? Will you listen? Maybe even ask one another, hey, what do you think of me in the church? If you're even willing to ask that question, you're in a good place, okay? Because I guarantee you, toxic members won't even ask that, okay? But for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of God's glory, be a healthy member through Jesus. Let's pray.